Hallelujah. It's good to see KK and Bella this morning. Hallelujah. Good to see all of you. Amen. If you would open up your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 11. Uh, this is, you know, we started last week a new series on prayer. And we're talking about how prayer and praise and power are all interconnected. And uh, uh, so, you know, when you get along with the Lord, you know, don't you love it that he just he just gently corrects you, you know, and instructs you and gives you just little critiques in your life that makes you better. And so um, one of my weaknesses is that I, I get in too big a hurry because uh, I, I see where we're at and I see where we're going to finish at. And so I, I want to just run to get to that point. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to have to just uh, to uh, yield to the Lord and just not be in such a hurry. And so uh, Wednesday night, uh, Sister Donna said something. We were talking about we're, we're going to start the book of Ephesians. And, uh, and I said, now it's going to take us a long time to get through those six chapters because it's so in detail. And she said, what difference does it make? How long it takes? And I thought, well. Yeah, what what difference does it make? It, it really doesn't make that much a difference. So, uh, anyway, so anyway, we're talking about about prayer, and wh- so this morning we're just going to hit one thing, and uh, I want to I want you to think about this and ask yourself this question: Am I ready to be taught by the Holy Ghost about prayer? Am I ready to be taught? See. You and I, we can't learn anything or apply anything until we're ready to be taught by the Spirit of God. And He'll only lift up Jesus. He'll only lift up this Word. So everything that you hear from Him, you don't have to filter through uh, something man may have said or something you may have experienced. You can just take it and just rest in it. Amen. And so uh, I want you to know this morning, I want you to think about this. Jesus said that I called you to be my friend. John chapter 15 would be a good thing for you just to just to uh, meditate on as we go through this series and, and see out of the mouth of Jesus. He said, I want you to be my friend. And I want you to abide in me. And if you abide in me, I'll abide in you. And in prayer, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. But see, the devil has convinced us that prayer is a duty instead of a delight. He's convinced us and tried to make us think that prayer is about wants instead of worship. Both of those things are wrong. And so that's why we're going to do this. And we're going to we're going to take our time and let the spirit of God just show you how much God wants to be with you in prayer more than he wants to be with anybody else. Now, can we get that into our hearts today? You realize that every morning he's waiting for you to wake up and to acknowledge him. I mean, think about that. Sometimes I know that I'm in a bad mood and I'm grumpy. Donna's probably not ready to see me yet or deal the day with me yet, but God's always ready to talk to me. So that's why we're talking about this and and, and getting in our heart. But today we're going to look at 
uh, something I think that, and we're going to just spend a little bit of time on this one thought, and I think it'll bless you. Luke chapter 11, let's read verse number one for a text. Luke chapter 11, verse number one, if you're there, say amen. And it came to pass that as he, that as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples Look that up for yourself, and, and, and I don't know why they put it in the singular. One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, when he stopped, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Brother Donnie, would you pray? Lord, thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful message you're going to give us in our hearts, Lord. Yes. As a, I see in the vision, Lord, a shell of our heart is unlayered coming off of our yes. hearts, Lord. Let it be. Lord, let us be in tune with it, Lord, that our minds, hearts, spirit be in Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank you for once again for being here. Thank you for honoring uh, the Lord's word. Uh, so I, I want you to today, I want you to hold this verse in your heart. And I want us to go to the Gospel of Matthew. And I want us just to work through some verses of Scripture. And we're going to come full circle back to this this thought of watching Jesus pray. Now, I, I want you to get in your heart and, and help me to get in my heart what an impact this made on the disciples watching Jesus fellowship with the Father. I mean, they, they, they watched Him. They were in tune. And, and you can look at in uh, Luke 5, 6, 9, uh, uh, all the way up to, to, to here and, and see where Luke really uh, emphasizes Jesus and His prayer life. And that prayer life was so, had such an impact on the disciples as they looked to that, they thought, my Lord, teach us to pray. You know, and, and if we're not careful, we think that prayer is all in the words. I, I remember got saved and started going to church and trying to get a relationship with the Lord and, and, and then, um, uh, we were going to have Christmas dinner one time at, at, at Granny Shirley's, and she asked me about praying, and and that scared me to death, and and, uh, and I didn't do it that year because I didn't I didn't want to because see I thought that praying was in the words. Come on, how many times somebody asks you to pray and you think, well, what am I going to say? Praying has very little to do with any of the words. Praying is what comes out of your spirit. And what's the, the emotion of the love of God and the truth that is in your spirit by the Holy Spirit? That's what prayer is. We put a limitation because we think we don't know what to say or we don't know how to say it. But you've got the spirit of the living God in you. You've got a king, Jesus, that wants to be your friend that is interested in everything that you're interested in. Come on. He's interested in what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what your desire is, 
what your future is, what your destiny is, all of those things. And so how do we know this? Because the, the disciples were looking at Jesus praying to the Father. And as he had this fellowship, as he had this relationship, it had such an impact on them that it changed their life. Amen. Let's go to the Gospel of Matthew and let's work our way uh, back to this Lord's Prayer. Uh, and, and I want you to, 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 to see some mighty things here. In Matthew chapter, uh, uh, there's so many places we could start. In, 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 um, in Matthew chapter uh, 8, let's just start right there. In Matthew chapter 8, look as, as Jesus is, is he's coming down from the mountain in this 8th chapter, and he's, he's, he's got in a place in a position where uh, he's been alone with the Father, and in that fellowship, see, when you and I get alone with the Father by the Spirit of God, you know, through, this, the, through our advocate of Jesus, all of a sudden, we get a different vision. We, we get an understanding, okay, we're living in a fallen world where there's sin and there's problem and there's, there's, there's trouble and struggle, but that's not greater than Jesus. This morning, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever battles you have faced this week, they're not bigger than Jesus. And so, uh, stay with me. You'll understand why we're looking at this. He comes down off the mountain. We won't take time to read all of this because we don't have time. But I, I want you to, to look where, where it says... In uh, uh, it says in uh, verse number uh, four, this leper ha- had come to Jesus, and and and, and G- Jesus told him, he said, I- "I'm willing to clean thou. I'm willing to make you clean." And Jesus then said in verse number four, "See that thou tell no man, but go thy way and show thyself to the priest and offer the gift of Moses for a testimony unto thee." Now, I want you to get it in your heart that here something was happening because Jesus had a vision from the Father. He had a fellowship with the Father that that could not happen before. I mean, we have the Old Testament example about dipping in River Jordan out of obedience, but that was an act of faith. But now we're under a new covenant, a new testament where Jesus is above all of those things. And this leper comes to Jesus. And because Jesus is in a place of prayer, he's in a place of praise, he has power in his life. I want you to see this morning that as you develop your prayer life, you're in your praise out of that prayer life. The power that's abiding in you is there to loose miracles, to loose the will of the father on the earth. And and, and why are we covering this? Because the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I want you to notice that in all of these that we're going to look at, the disciples and those around them, they saw Jesus do these things. Now, hold that in your heart and um, drop down and look what it says in uh, in verse number five. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my serveth life at home sick of the palsy. He's grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. So all of a sudden, see, Jesus is walking because he has his fellowship with the Father. He's having a revelation of what the will of the Father is. See, the devil doesn't want you and I to fellowship with the Father. He doesn't want us to be in the place of prayer, praise, and power because he doesn't want you and I to realize that God has an answer for every problem. It doesn't matter what the problem is. And so God is willing to minister to people, but today he ministers through you. You're the body. 
But once again, the disciples are seeing this. Can you imagine? They saw that leper, that all of the, the things on his body. He may have had missing fingers. He, he might have had no nose. His ears might have been off. We don't know what to degree uh, that, that the leper was on him, but Jesus healed him. And they saw it. Here, they, they, they see this, this centurion servant that's lying at the point of death. And yet they see Jesus speak the word. So they saw Jesus touch him, the leper healing come. They see Jesus speak the word and they see those things that were grievously tormented in his life delivered. Can you imagine? They're seeing these things, but yet their question is, Lord, will you teach me how to pray? See, if we're not careful, we get caught up in works and we got to realize where the works come from. We, we got to realize what's the source. See, everybody wants to, everybody goes and they, and they look at, maybe they look at your house or they look at your lawn or they look at your, um, something that you have built and, and, and they, they say, man, that's great. How did you do that? All they're seeing is the finished product. They don't see what it took to build that, to construct that, to maintain that. See, here the disciples are, they're bringing a great revelation to us. They're saying it's not in what we see Jesus do, it's in who we see Jesus fellowship with. You and I, we've got to develop this intimacy with the Lord. And as we develop this intimacy with the Lord, the Word's going to come alive. Amen? Now, um, in uh, we could cover many more in there, but let's let's go over to the to the ninth chapter, and let, let's see some things here. Verse number one, And he entered into the ship, and he passed over, and he came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their face, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, that be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven. Now we know this whole story very well, but I, but I want you to, to drop down and, and, and look what it says in verse six. He said, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then he saith to the sick of the palsy, arise and take up thy bed and go into thy house. And he arose and departed to his house. What does that mean to you and I? Jesus takes care of all sin. All sin. Come on. You're not under any condemnation. You're under the grace of God this morning. If you're in fellowship with God the Father through the Son by the Spirit. And so Jesus said, you have this assurance and I'm going to show you that I can take care of sins. I'm going to show you something in the natural that will show you what I'm doing in the spiritual. Now notice what happens. Verse eight. But when the multitude saw it, so the disciples saw it, those who were following close and far. Look what the word says. They marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Now, see, prayer, praise and power. They all come. Everybody wants the power. You'll never have the power until you learn how to develop the prayer life with the praise. Come on, it'll be an empty uh, action. It'll be something that you're always reaching for that'll never quite be there. But when you've got God in fellowship, you've got the fullness of the Godhead. Amen. Now look, so all these people, they marvel. This word marvel means they wondered with admiration. Now think about this. But yet not one of them said, Lord, teach me how to raise up the paralytic. Mm -mm. 
because they knew where their power was. Their power was in their praise and their prayer life was the, was the symbol of how much praise that they had. Is this not amazing? We're, we're talking about how changing some things. Now notice, drop down to uh, verse 22. Now Jesus is just, it's telling us what he done with the lady with the issue of blood. Matthew nine twenty two. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Remember, she was sick, sick, sick. She had spent all she had. No doctor could help her. And she was at her wit's end. She was separated from society, and she was to the point where uh, she was going to die in her sickness. So all the disciples, everyone saw this and they heard the testimony of this lady. She told everybody what Jesus had done for her, yet they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to help somebody who is bleeding out. No, they said, Lord, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. So we see that Jesus is over leprosy. He, he He's over uh, paralyzed conditions. He's over situations where we don't understand what's going on inside the body. Now, stay with me. We're trying to build our faith in a way that will take us to the new level. Ver, look at verse uh, 23. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, remember, he's going to Jairus's house. He saw the minstrels and the people making a noise. Now, mark that down in your Bible. Highlight it in your Bible out. And he said unto them, give place for the, uh, the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. Verse 25. But when the people were put forth, he went in and he took her by the hand and the maid arose. <coughs> Prayer, praise, power from fellowship, from relationship. Look what happens. Verse 26. Put this with verse 23. And the fame thereof or hereof went abroad into all the land. Now I want you to imagine, remember we've taught on it many times, even the poorest of people in this time frame, when they had somebody to pass, they had at least one minstrel. They had at least one person hired to bemoan and to grieve in the situation. What's that worth? And so that was the testimony. All, all of this noise, all this much ado being made, made about all fake, meaning nothing. We can be in church today if we're not careful. And we can get into man's tradition, man's ideal, and all be fake and mean nothing. But all of a sudden, Jesus is fame. Come on, because he had a prayer life with praise and it produced power. Come on, a testimony went out greater than what these fake paid minstrels were bringing. Your prayer life this morning, it can change people's life because it can stop stuff that's fake. It can reveal what's a lie. It can reveal what is something that is just a comfort of man that means nothing. And it can bring a comfort from God the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So can you imagine, once again, you, you're a disciple, you're walking with Jesus, and you, you, you're one of, you're Peter, James, and John, you're one of those that saw Jesus reach out and take her by the hand and lift her up, and yet you don't say, Lord, teach me how to raise somebody from the dead. But you say, Lord, teach me how to pray. 
Teach me how to pray because I know that your prayer life is what's making all of this possible. And so you and I, we've got to get in a place in a position where we're so hungry for prayer. Because we realize I'm not, it's not about a formula. It's not about certain words. It, 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 it's, it's that I can be inspired by the Spirit of God. The Bible, can you imagine the Apostle Paul? How many would think the Apostle Paul would know how to pray? Yet he writes in Romans chapter 8, he said, we don't even know how to pray. But the Holy Ghost. He comes in us and he gives us the ability to pray what we should. Because when we don't know what we ought to pray for, the Holy Spirit will come in and give us revelation. That same spirit that was in the Apostle Paul is in you this morning. Oh, my goodness. That same spirit. And so I want you and I to get in a place in a position that we realize that God he not only wants to fellowship with you in prayer uh, and have your praise that produces his power in this earth, but he wants to he wants to bring a revelation to you that it's not a drudgery, it's not a dread, it's a delight. And he wants you to see that it's not in in, in a formality, but it's just in a fellowship with him. Just a fellowship. All right. Um, now notice it, it, it gets even better verse 27 and when Jesus departed thence two blind men followed him crying and saying thou son of David have mercy on us and when he was come into the house and notice that they went into the house with Jesus they made up their mind they knew where the answer was you and I we we know where the answer is the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, believe you that I'm able to do this. And they said unto him, yea, Lord, then touched he their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were open. Look at this verse 30. And Jesus straightly charged them saying, see that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame. Come on, that with that witness, that testimony uh, in all that country. So I want you to see this. Can you imagine? They were other disciples with Jesus in the house. They saw Jesus and they saw these two blind men receive their sight. I don't know about you, but that would be so exciting. That that would be amazing and wonderful. Yet they didn't ask Jesus, teach us how to deliver the blind. Because they knew it wasn't in the actions, it was in the fellowship, it was in the relationship. God is calling us We're into a place of relationship. I'm telling you, there is a new open door in this season of, uh, of this new Jewish year, this new time frame. We've just come through the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. We're in a place and a position right now where the open door Jesus is wanting to show you and I what we need to bring heaven to earth, to bring in the harvest. And we've got to be in that place where we say, Lord, whatever you have, whatever you'd say, I, I, I'll do that. I'll yield to that. I'll, I'll be a part of that. And, and, and the greatest thing about it is, is you and I are in that fellowship with him in that intimacy, those needs and desires that you have, all of a sudden they're just swallowed up in the goodness of God. You don't realize that God is looking at you and I and all He's thinking is good thoughts towards you. That's it. 
That's all he's thinking about. This morning, I want to tell you, and I'll be completely honest with you, the problems in my life are the problems that I didn't take to Jesus in prayer. That's it. I can blame the devil all day long if I want to, but my problems is myself. I am the biggest obstacle in my life. Yes, there's a devil out there, but we give the devil way too much power we we lift him up and glorify him and his ability to bring death and destruction. I tell you what, if I'm walking with Jesus like I'm supposed to be, I would avoid a lot of pitfalls in my life. A lot of decisions that I make, I make them without Jesus in the past no more. Amen? Because he's calling us to a new place. Do you realize Jesus can tell you right down to what pair of shoes you need to wear that day that will make a difference in your life? Oh, that's just too fine. No, it's not. Verse 32. And they went out. So they come out of the house. Oh, can you imagine? This is all happening. Bam, bam, bam. This is the, this is how your Lord works. And, and, and they went out. They come out of the house and behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes, what? They marveled. That's what we've been talking about. All of these things is making the disciples and those around Jesus, making them marvel, making them wonder with amazement of what Jesus is bringing from heaven to the earth. They marveled. So look, Jesus has showed us that it doesn't matter what sin, what sickness, what devil is trying to come against your life and my life? If you and I are in the place of fellowship with God the Father, if we have this prayer life with praise, you're going to have the power to overcome all things. It's available to us this morning. But we've got to learn how to captive, captivate the truth, cultivate the love and then loose God's will in and through our life. Now, the Holy Ghost just said that. Now, you need to write that on the table of your heart. And if you'll write that on the table of your heart, it will empower you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Uh, now, notice what happens. Uh, it says, verse 34, But the Pharisees said, He casts that devils through the prince of devils. Isn't that a moronic statement? See, that's what you're going to deal with, though. When you start uh, developing this prayer life and you're, you're praising God and, and, and all of a sudden the power of God starts coming incrementally uh, with your obedience, with my obedience to the Lord, uh, all of a sudden there's going to be people who are going to challenge what God's doing in you. But you just rest. You just love on them. Say, Lord, you love them. Help me to love them. Their words are from the enemy to bring discouragement and despair. I'm going to hold up my shield of faith. I'm not going to let that penetrate my heart. I'm keeping my heart in the place and the position of prayer, praise, and the, so the power of God can go through my life. Amen. It'll change everything about us. You believe that? Now turn over to Matthew 21. We're working our way back to the prayer, but look at this. In Matthew 21, you got where Jesus is, is dealing with the fig tree. Now, the fig tree is symbolic of Israel. I understand that. But in this situation, uh, Israel had been taken over uh, by false 
religion. Of, of they're, they're, they've left God and, and they've added to the Word of God and, and they're living out of a hard heart. And so pick it up in verse 17, Matthew 21, 17. And he left them and went out of the city of Bethany, uh, this, this date house, and he lodged there. Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. Now, get your mind off the natural and get it into the spiritual because he's trying to teach us something spiritual. Jesus is coming back into God's temple. God's temple is supposed to be a house of, a house of prayer. Uh, the greatest place to pray. And, and, and it's a place where the, 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 the people of God are supposed to be filled up. And as Jesus comes back, he's hungry. Why? What's he saying? Spiritually, there was nothing in God's house. Today, you're God's house. Come on, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 6, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so you have the ability to feed other people because of your prayer life your, and your praise bringing the power into people's life. And he hungered. Now notice what he done. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon. This is a symbol uh, of fake religion. But leaves only. And he said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently... The fig tree withered away. Now, why are we looking at this? Because if you and I, if we're in the place of prayer and we're in the place of praise, we have the power in our life to speak to those dead things that is in our life that is not producing fruit. Come on, this is important. Because this morning, every one of us, we've got things that are little suckers in your life. And they're sucking on your finances. They're sucking on your relationships. They're sucking on the peace of God. They're sucking on the truth of the Word of God. And they're trying to take out God's will and God's best out of your life because you and I went and made a decision. We went somewhere. We done something. We come in a covenant or agreement with somebody without asking God. Come on. You are bought with a price. Your life is no longer your own. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's your shepherd. He wants to take care of you. He wants to take care of me, but he can't do that if we're not in the place in the position of fellowship in prayer. And so if you will allow him to, he will show you those things that are robbing his best from you this morning. You're not supposed to be friends with everybody. I'm sorry. You said, well, now, wait a minute. Jesus is a friend of sinners. Yes, he went to the sinner that was ready to become a friend. But you can't be friends with everybody. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God in your decisions. And those other things that you've made a, a, a covenant with, an agreement with, you've got to see it and let the Spirit of God show you uh, that you need to speak to these dead things in your life and let these fake fruit that has no value to you come out of your life. Verse 20, look what happens. And when the disciples saw it, they what? They marveled. They were in amazement with wonder, saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? You know, we need to speak to these dead things as the Spirit of God uh, reveals them to us and say, God, I made this decision without you. I used to, I didn't used to ask the Lord about buying a car. If I seen a car, I went and bought it. If I could buy it, if there's any way I could buy it, I just went and bought it because that's what my flesh wanted to do. And over the years, Don and I, we got into so much trouble 
We'd either get upside down on the car or we'd get a lemon or whatever. God wants to be a part of every decision you make. He He wants to show you what... You realize the food that you and I eat right now, you and I are got to be more careful than ever. Look on the ingredients. Don't just... I've been buying certain foods and all of a sudden it's the same food I've been buying. But you look on it. The ingredients has changed. It's no longer real food. It's man-made, genetically modified. They're, they're taking and they're changing everything because they want to change your DNA. They want to change your health. They want to shorten your life. You do realize this, don't you? I know this gets into people. I know somebody just turned me off because you're just getting into conspiracy theory. No, I'm not getting into conspiracy theory. They want, they want the, 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 the number of the people, the, uh, they want six billion people eliminated in the next so many years where they can have this earth to themselves. What is that? That's the Antichrist spirit. Get mad at me. Verse 21, Jesus answered and said to them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done unto the fig tree. Come on, say, I can do it. I can speak to the fake things in my life. I can do it. Jesus ain't going to do it. He's going to show you in, in your fellowship with him what you need to speak to. Uh, you shall not only do this which is done unto the fig tree, but also if you say unto this mountain, anything of the uh, that the... Of this world that has come up in your life, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And notice what happens, verse 22. And all things, highlight this in your Bible, and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing ye might receive. Well, I haven't received certain things, so this can't be true. Is God true or am I true? Right, brother. So in closing, let's go to Matthew chapter 6 and let's pick up. Matthew 6 is an equivalent of what we read in Luke 11. But I wanted to cover Luke 11 because it gives you that deeper revelation about Lord, teach us to pray. So everything that we covered there, we covered uh, all of those. We covered seven different things, at least, that had to do with making people marvel. But not one person asked the Lord to teach them that. They just wanted to be taught how to have this intimacy with God. And so here's how he brings it to pass. Uh, Matthew 6 and 5. Let's just look at a few verses. I'll let you go. Matthew 6 and 5. Jesus said, and when thou prayest, not if... You know, we've said this for years, but in case somebody has missed it, your prayer life is what your oxygen, your prayer life to your spiritual life is what your oxygen is to your natural life. Just a few minutes and you're gone if you don't have oxygen in the natural. You've got to have a prayer life and you've got to see that it's not out of duty, it's out of what? It's out of a necessity of desire. It's out of the ability to fellowship with God. Uh, and when thou prayest, 
Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. That's what they wanted. That's what they got. What do you and I want? We want to know God. That's all we want. We want God as our Father. And we're doing that in secret. And you think He's not going to reveal Himself to you? See, my heart aches, and I know several of yours, you're in the same boat as I. I never had, I never had a conversation with my dad that meant anything. Come on, it was all just fluff and duff. It was either joking or uh, uh, attitude or anger. And no, no intimacy there. I'm not. I'm not complaining. I, I, it breaks my heart. Some of you are in the same position as that. I understand that. But can you imagine you and I living and dying in this life and not fellowshipping with our Father in heaven? He wants to fellowship with you. You realize that it says in Genesis that He created you, and He looked, and it was very good. That's the way God looks at you. That's the way he thinks about you. So all of those other things that the devil tried to put in your mind, that somebody else might try to put in your mind, laugh at them. A good God thinks you're a good child. Amen? That's why we can fellowship. Verse uh, 6. But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Oh, you and I, we, we can get along with the Lord, and all of a sudden, He can start showing us something. He can say, hey, Greg, you know why that part of your body's hurting? You know, what you think is helping your body is hurting you? If you'll remove this product from your life, that part of your body will stop reacting to it. But it, Said on there that was supposed to help me. He said, You believe me or you believe them? Amen. God has things for us, He has truth, and He wants to reward us in the open. Verse 7 But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard in their much speaking. Don't worry about what the words are. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I love you. That's it. Don't, don't, don't. And start that off. Lord, thank you for opening my eyes. Thank you for whatever comes on your heart. Thank you for this breath that I just took. See, you and I, prayer is not... A, uh, prayer is not a moment for the Christian. See, it was a moment for people who were in religion. But you and I, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without. How do you do that? Because it's spirit. It has nothing to do with me getting on my knees. Oh, nothing wrong with that. It has nothing to do with me closing my eyes. Nothing wrong with that. There, there's different prayers, different ways to pray and all of those things. But I, 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 right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm praying to the Lord in my spirit. In my spirit, I'm saying, Lord, help them to understand what I'm trying to say. Help me to say what you want me to say and help me to keep self out of the way. 
help them to see that everything I'm saying is because I love them, because you put a love in my heart for them and because I want what's best for them. And because I don't just count on this 30 minutes I have right here before them on Sunday morning, I hold them up and I wor- worship you for them. I, 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 I lift them up and I, I pray your will for them every day because God's put it in there. Amen. Verse 8, be not therefore like them, for your father knoweth the things what you have need of before you ask them. Isn't that amazing? See, we think that we've got to figure out what we need to pray to get God to answer it. God, do you not understand? I need this. I, 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 I need. He's going, I put the words in your mouth. I put the desire in your heart. But he still wants us to pray, right? James 4, 2, you have not because you ask not. So he wants us to pray, but he wants us to know that we don't need to get caught up in, oh God, I don't know, there's something going on in my body or or, or there's some kind of battle in my mind. I, I, I don't know how to pray that out. Don't worry about it. God just wanting to fellowship with you on it, amen? Okay. Verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, we'll talk about this in the future, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us not our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now notice this is where we used for a text last week. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. When when we recognize that God has the power, that all of this is subject to his kingdom, uh, that that's when you and I can get in a place of fellowship, we can get in a place of rest. God wants you and I to be able to rest in him. But we'll never be able to do that until we're willing to say, Lord, your will be done. See, we want the Lord to do what we want and to bless it. He wants us to do what He's already called us to do and it's already blessed. Amen? I want to leave you with this thought. There's a, back in the 1800s, there was a, a group of missionaries that went to a little country in, on the continent of, of Africa and, and they brought the gospel message to, this, to these local natives and, and they went from village to village. And so as the gospel message went to them village to village, all of these villages, they be, the ones that were enemies and divided, they become uh, uh, unified in the love of Jesus Christ. And, and, and so what they would do, they'd have these prayer meetings. And, and each family, they would walk through the, the brush, as they call it, and, and they, they would have a place where they would sit up and they would pray. And here would come another family, and they would walk through the brush and set up a place to pray. And as they were uh, in the place where they realized they needed this fellowship with the Lord every day, and they were growing in that time, time frame, they didn't realize that they could pray, yet they were still growing in their heart anywhere, that they become accustomed to these places. And uh, I'm telling you this for a reason, because uh, what people got to doing is, is, is they would get closer to the Lord. You know, that place, it would get barren. 
because they would wear that place out in their in their prayer. There'd be no vegetation there. It would be clear and open. But the moment somebody pulled back from the Lord, all of a sudden, when they were walking in that trail to that prayer place, you could see who had been in the place of prayer and who hadn't, because if they hadn't been in that place of prayer, what happened? Here comes the weeds, the brars, the growth of the enemy started coming up in there. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that the moment that you and I lose this intimacy, this fellowship with the Lord in certain places in our life, immediately here comes the weeds, the brars. Immediately comes the work of the devil. See, you and I, we can be completely prayed up uh, in our finances. We can be completely prayed up uh, in our health. All right? But we may have something where we have awed against our brother or sister. And, and we, we say, well, I'm not even going to touch that in prayer. And, and all of a sudden, we, in that area, here comes the weeds, the brars. And we don't realize that we're not walking in love as we should. Well, but, but we've got some off there. We've got some division. We've got some problems. So you and I, we've got to realize that everything is not as God would have it if we'll be honest with the Lord. But it can be. It can be. And so I, God is going to reveal himself to you and I in ways that we've never dreamed possible. And if you will just meet him halfway, He's going to start showing himself to you like you never saw him before. And you're going to be so hungry, you're going to say, Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. I want to know how to pray about these things that I never gave to you before. And when you and I get in that place and position, we're going to see the power of God loosed like never before. Amen. Will you let the Lord take you to a place this morning that may have some weeds, may have some briars? Will you come to a place in prayer that you haven't been before or maybe not been there in a long time and let today be a new start in the name of Jesus? Will you think about that? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this wonderful group of people. I thank you that it's not in raising the dead. It's not opening the eyes of the blind. It's not making new skin come on the leopards. It's not healing those things that's on the inside of the issues of blood that we don't even know or don't understand. It's not in those things, though praise God for the revelation of the power of God, but it's in knowing how to pray. Prayer is simply communication with you. Lord, let it be. Let us learn how to talk to you. Oh, cool, alabakata. Yes, Lord, let it be. Hmm. I just, I just saw all these young babies and children that we've got in the church, you know, and, and think about how mom and daddy, they can understand what they're saying when nobody else can. One of the grandkids will say something. And I look over at Donna and I say, what are they saying? I, and she said, we'll I have to ask mama. We'll I have to ask daddy. Because why? They, they know their voice. They're with them the most. God knows what you're saying. Nobody else may not understand. They don't have to. But see, you and I, this is what this series is about. The Spirit of God just said this is about developing our prayer language. Come on, we're going to learn how to talk clearly and concisely by the Spirit of God and not out of our own inadequacies, our own fear. Oh, come on, that makes me want to run and shout. We're going to learn how to talk to God in a way that enables us 
to be able to hear him. Come on, now think about this. The reason why people who can't hear, why their voice is funny, they, they can't hear their own voice. They don't understand. They haven't learned how to talk because they're having the, see, people learn how to talk by listening to other people. Probably you are praying from some of the things that you heard somebody else pray. We need to learn how to hear and pray by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, would you come this morning? The best of my ability, I, I want you to be inspired. I want you to, 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 to be loosened to be able to receive this morning anything and everything in this new prayer place that God would have for you. Would you come in Jesus' name? Hallelujah and say, Lord, here I am. I, I, I'm, I'm going to see some weeds going. I'm going to see some briars going. I'm going to come to a place that I never gave to you before. I'm going to speak what you put in my spirit. Would you do that this morning in Jesus' name? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the